Welcome to Writer Syndrome, a podcast about writing from start to finish. This episode's topic, men writing female characters. I'm Russ Capasso, and joining me as always is Tim Letney. Tim, how are you, and how does that topic make you feel? It's a sticky one. Uh, I, I'm a little nervous. I am but, too. Um, excited to talk about it. Yeah, I am too. I think it's uh, it's interesting because I when I we first kind of brought up this as a topic to, to cover, uh, I was like, yeah, that kind of scares the shit out of me. But then I realized, yeah, one of my characters in my my book is like a has become a more prominent character is is a female character. And my second book I'll be hopefully working on next year is the the main protagonist is a female character. So fun to tackle those things that scare the shit out of you, I guess. But yeah, I had the same question when I started writing. I was like, oh, okay, I know this this leads obviously female. That's who I want to go on this this character journey. And then I talked to my wife, this kind of crisis of conscience. Should yeah. I do this? Is this okay? Is this the absolute wrong time for me as like a white dude to write about a woman? And she was like, well, just don't be an asshole. <laughs> I think that's, that's literally all it comes down to. You're like, we're so worried about it. It's like, yeah, well, just don't be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good, you know, life motto. Yeah, I think, you know, approaching it with like, you know, uh, I don't think care is the right word, but just approaching it like you approach any other character. I don't know. Yeah, and, I think. And yeah. talking to people, you know, and saying, you know, how would this character in- interact in a situation that's not maybe your gender or, you know. I agree. I mean, it, for me, it came down to treating the character like a person, like making sure everything was equitable between all the characters that right. I was treating descriptions and thoughts. And, yeah. and even though, like, it's interesting playing inside the mind of a female character. I don't think it came across, I hope, I mean, obviously I'm going to have to rely a little bit on beta readers to see how, how it lands and, and how yeah. I did. Um, but luckily some of my beta readers were really female and I hopefully they'll be able to give me some tips or feedback about how I can adjust and, and fix if need fixing. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't want it to completely, I didn't want my hesitation or fear to honestly, what I, what I feel like would derail the story. I had always pictured a female lead in this role and yeah in a way like it was confronting a fear by pressing forward. And honestly, as time has gone on, as I've gotten more in the character's head over like the year, it's gotten way, way easier to write as her. Yeah. In the beginning, it was much easier to write as the male characters, so much so that those chapters ended up being longer and they had more like introspection. Yeah. Whereas that like my female lead had more like descriptive text, but yeah. less internal monologue or internal thoughts. So yeah. um, that's changing now on like this third draft, which is wonderful my first draft uh and i don't think this is on purpose i think it was just kind of a natural thing i did was like pretty much every character in my book was just men and i don't think i I didn't it wasn't a subconscious it wasn't like a purposeful thing i think i just this was just the characters i had to start and i just was kind of getting everywhere everything into place you know and and i did have a female character in there and you know she had a small part to begin early on and after I did the second draft, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to change some things here. Like the, this isn't the world. And then I had a, you know, close friend read the, the first draft and uh, he was just like, yeah, you, you have no, like, it's just a bunch of bearded white guys in your bucket. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm working on that. <laughs> I'm like, it's my first time here. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to approach this correctly. So yeah, uh, I think I had the opposite issue, like the way that my story ended up developing and we can talk about pantsing versus planning maybe next episode, but all my characters ended up being different than me in a way. Yeah. Um, like obviously the lead's a female, the, the second lead is a, a gay male and I'm a straight male. Yeah. And then uh, another side character is an African-American boy. And it's what the story needed, yeah. I think, but 
with each of those choices came hesitation, but I think veering away from it and being less confident about it or experimental, I guess, would have hindered the story. I mean, I'm dealing with like 1977 Boston, you know, race, the busing crisis. It's a huge issue. I mean, disco's coming up. There's a ton of like homophobia going on. And I thought it would be a kind of cowardice to not, to not, to not talk about it because it seemed so, so there, like it was in between all the lines and by just making Lily white characters, which obviously have their own sets of issues and struggles too. But during that time period, it felt like really kind of necessary to, to, for me to tell these stories and granted it's a horror story and it's got its own tropes, but I think it's better for it by having a more like diverse character profile kind of going on with that uh and we we kind of talked this about this before we started but we're writing in two very different genres uh you're writing in horror and i'm writing in kind of like the thriller a little bit of sci-fi but the thriller kind of landscape do you think that has any effect on you know, obviously the horror genre has oh, uh, an horror. interesting run with with female characters yeah <laughs> horror is really i mean and I on my side the th- and on my side the, sorry but on my side the thriller side like they're not really all that existent. And I, I mean, they're starting to become, there's like definitely stories out there now with, with, with female leads being the assassins and doing, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, from your perspective, like. <laughs> I mean, I can't say that I've read every piece of horror. I have seen almost, not I won't say every horror movie, but I've seen many horror movies. Pretty, pretty and, close. <laughs> and I think, you know, within the past decade, horror is improving. You know, it's telling better stories. I think there's more female writers and female directors that are coming up yeah. Yeah. Um, that are just releasing like just such killer movies. So there's more comps, I think, on the movie side of things, at least that I could find than on the novel side of things. So obviously I read King, because I'm looking for comps. I want to see what else is in the genre. So you read the classics like King and Koontz. And then I've been reading a lot of contemporary horror as well. And some of it's like really good, but I don't want to like speak ill of it, but I wasn't pleased with how they handled female characters. Yeah, Yeah. Um, and some had female leads, but those female leads often had their bodies described in ways that was kind of like they were objectified, right? Yeah, 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 yep. Like, I don't know how many how many new and interesting ways do you have to describe breasts? Like, is that, <laughs> yeah. is that crucial to the story or are you giving something to the audience? And that's a question that I have with horror, right? Like oh, yeah. horror often talks about, you know, these kind of taboo things like gore is very taboo and i think very early on like in film there's always this kind of tna aspect to it as mm-hmm. well yeah. the audience maybe skews younger it's teenagers it's you know people going in to a movie theater on a date or something so there's this fear and sexual tension and tension and it all kind of works together but that's yeah. not what i want to write within so i mean and i think that translates directly to king's books i mean king King will have some passages that just make mm-hmm. you feel well, yeah, completely uncomfortable, <laughs> right? It's like it almost feels like romance novels for yeah, yeah, for, for, for people horror. who don't read romance, romance novels. novels. Like, yeah, I think back yeah. to my parents reading like King on the Beach when I was a kid, and I was like, had I only known the smut they were reading, <laughs> only for those sections, King is absolutely wonderful. I think he's a great writer, but those sections where he's describing women or sex scenes, it feels very cringy to me and feels yeah. very base. And it's yeah. not, I would love to be able to be as talented as King is about describing towns and characters and arcs and creating fantasy worlds. But when it comes to how he in the past kind of used women as these kind of objects of pleasure for the reader, 
it's not an area that I want to dig into at all. No. That's not <laughs> my piece. And, um, and then I had that question, like, if I don't have a romance or any kind of physicality in the middle of my story, yeah. is that something an editor is going to kick back in and be like, Hey, you know, we really want these two characters to, to yeah. have a relationship. And that's, yeah. that's not my story. Unfortunately, I have, I have the same concern. Actually, I was just going to, uh, one of the things I'm going to bring up or like, what are kind of your biggest concerns of, of, of your what you're doing and your female character and, and, you know, the feedback there. But I, that was my, that's my biggest concern still is like, I don't have, there's no, you know, love storyline here. And it's like my female character is there and she's, I'm hoping she's doing and making her own decisions that impact her storyline and then the overall plot. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't need her and the main character to like, they become friends. There's a huge trust issue throughout it. And I think you have to start there, but I wouldn't, I, I, in my mind, there was never a, a moment of being me being like, you know what? In Act three, they're going to finally get over this little hurdle and, and make out. And I got to write, I got to write this whole thing. I was like, it's not happening. They're just, they're working through this, this problem on a timeline and need to do it together. Um, mm -hmm. And that's just people working together. So hopefully that comes through, but. Russ, when it's come to character descriptions, right? So you said like one of your leads is a female. Mm -hmm. So did you have any hesitation about describing their looks or, yes. you know, their actions? And did you, yep. were you like, you know, scared of objectifying this character in a way that felt, you know, that would land flat? Yes. And because I would say that my female character, because I had, I already had uh, an idea of her backstory and, and she was, I mean, she's hopefully, uh, if I can keep doing this thing, she'll end up in like in her own series. And mm -hmm. So I already had her backstory fleshed out and I already kind of saw her as a character more so than my, my protagonist in this one. This one was just kind of like a stick figure and, I, and he's just like kind of there and I finally got some, breathe some life into him. Um, but yeah, I think originally I, I was worried because I was like, wow, I'm describing her and I wouldn't say physical features so much as like just kind of hair and like basic stuff. Right. And, but I got well, like, what's the line? What's the line of like, am I describing too much? And is it important to know? And it's like, no, but there's some key things of like, you know, she's, she's got a tattoo in her arm. That's like a representation of her past. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, I need to describe that. I need to have someone recognize that, you know, even if it's just an offhand thing, but someone needs to, to, to spot that because it is important for her character and where she's come. So yeah, definitely worried, but that's why I'm, I feel like in, in a lot of the I've comps, avoided. That, a lot of the comps that I read, right? Like I think what you're describing, it sounds to me like an equity of description. You're not treating her any different than you're treating a different character. Yeah. Whereas like on some of the older comps like Koontz, which once again, killer writer, great descriptions, but there's not an equity in description. I want to take a step back and kind of get more into kind of like your story. And did you, did you have a particular reason for choosing a female character as your lead and protagonist? Because you said you, you have a, you have multiple characters obviously going on that kind of reflect this really heavy tension during the time, mm -hmm. and you're all you are all your characters teenagers or are they? They're not all teenagers. They kind of go from you know teen years up until like early thirties for okay. my characters. And but your main female character, yeah, like I, yeah, why did why did you why did you decide to choose her as like kind of your your POV, you know, your primary? And yeah, it's a yeah. it's a good question and. Maybe a psychological question. I'm not quite sure. You know, obviously, I came up watching horror. Yeah. Um, I always personally identify with the final girl. I always like the final girl. Yeah. Um, I read this really great book when I was younger um, in college. It was called um, "What Was It?" Men, Women, and Chainsaws by uh, mm -hmm. Carol Clover, and she takes this really nice feminist perspective, looking at the slasher films of the '80s, and she argues that the audience isn't solely identifying with the slasher as this kind of misogynistic force, but they're also identifying with the final girl. I think that's completely correct. I think there is some empowerment to be had um, in that character. So 
I think that's probably where I'm coming from. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though like my character isn't necessarily a, a final girl per se, this isn't a slasher story, but I think that's probably the impetus for, yeah. for me landing on a female lead. And it just felt, it just felt right for me. It, it being a suburban boy felt very boring and not fun to write for me. And honestly, maybe a little too autobiographical for my own. Granted, yeah. there were all pieces yeah. of every character we write, yep. but I didn't want this to be, you know, my look back at my teen years. I also didn't want this to be me writing a cool girlfriend for myself either, right? Yeah. Like I didn't yeah. want this to be a, a character who knows everything, who's like just absolutely perfect at everything they do. I wanted there to be a struggle mm-hmm. and um, and growth through it. So it just felt right. I don't know if that's a great answer, but it just felt yeah. like the right character. No, that is a great answer because it, if it feels right for the story and, and, and the character, I mean, that's, that's where you start. Right. So, so what's been your approach for, for like writing your female character? Well, first you have to treat them like people. <laughs> Step one. <laughs> really, don't, I do think it's don't like, be an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's, you know, it's, it's silly. Like one of the hesitations about even doing this podcast, right. Just like writing about a female character. It's like two white dudes with beards, yeah. one of them who's in a basement right now recording, talking about how to write a female character. But, you know, there, there's a hesitation there that, you know, you're going to be grilled by even talking about these things. But, but I think it's a super valid conversation. You look through the kind of like the course of your film and, and you know, book history here, you know, you've got some of your, your good, you know, female leads, you know, you've got your, your Ripley and Sarah Connor who might be a little too badass maybe some might explain or maybe but i think there's you know sarah connor's got like this kind of growth you see from the first movie to the second movie right which kind of makes sense it's great but they both end up in really skimpy clothes yes right yeah. which I mean, are yeah, really which is... aimed at the male segment of the audience there right like, there's empowerment but there's still that kind of oh, male gaze which right? is kind of like so, ah man <laughs> and speaking of male gaze you know it's weird so you don't want to write your characters as if you're objectifying them and just talking about their physical characteristics in a sexual way. Yeah. But to talk about female characters, especially during this time period, they could be, I mean, I, I certainly have one, one scene in particular where my lead is, you know, objectified by a really kind of sleazy, crummy character. Yeah. And that was a tricky scene to write because I want to get across that this character is a jerk and disgusting and sleazy yeah. and kind of oppressive. But I don't, I didn't want to use that character as an avatar for the audience to get a little T and A in, right? Like, yeah. like, how am I going to like, so obviously he's leering at this character. How do I make it? So I'm not leering at this character. And I think I did an okay job. Like not once again, like I had him, I described him more than her. Right. Yep. And didn't like, I wanted her to feel gross for a second so she can like, you know, grow through that grossness and like. I think it landed okay, but I was really hesitant in doing that because all of a sudden, you know, I was for a moment that sleazy character and like, what's he seeing? And then there's that question, well, what do you describe here? Are you going to describe this? And it felt, I was actually uncomfortable writing it, but yeah, I ended up landing on, you know, once like I said before, not landing on her and really what he's seeing, but more on his actions and what he's doing, the noises he's making, you know, you know, where his eyes fall and not so much you know, how her legs look in her pants, right? right. how her jacket falls on her chest or whatever. Like, and that's a very, very deliberate conversation or very, very deliberate decision. Yeah. And, you know, obviously if I'd written some kind of, I don't know, 
scintillating piece about how she looked. There's certainly a segment of the audience who would read this book that would enjoy that, but that's not the story I'm telling. And I just, I didn't want to dive into it. It was there, you know, it was like on the platter. It was like, here you go. Here's like a little seedy, sultry bit that people can read on the beach. And it was like, no, not (laughs) for my character. I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. Cause then it might be a sense of like kind of, um, lessening that character, you know, that I think so. You know, it's like, there's like, I wanted her to feel objectified. I did not want to objectify her. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting. Like I said, you know, there's, there's a genre thing and there's genre expectation, obviously for folks who write romance. um, Yeah, absolutely. And there's a ton of self-published folks who are writing romance and they're very successful at it. But I think there's an equity. I think they're treating all of their characters similar. So if you're describing everybody's bodies, go for it. That's your genre. That's what it is. And there's, you're, give, you're giving the same description for the men and, and the women and, and the transgender folks that you're giving everything, right? So, yeah. yeah. Have you, um, so I'm kind of like now coming back to, uh, someone put out to me the other day, they, a friend of mine were talking about talking about the book and uh, she actually asked me, she's like, oh, so what's like your character's, you know, motivation or whatever. And, and before I could get like talking about it, she was like, I'll just tell you right now, it seems like the latest motivation for all females and like all new TV shows and movies is the old dead mom trope. And I was like, Okay. Well, her, t- her motivations, her entire family's dead. Is that work? It's <laughs> like, oh no. But she's like, that's what I see in like all new TV shows these days. The the kind of the dead mom thing. And I was like, that's interesting because that's you know a flip. Like you know, obviously male characters have the dead father thing, and yeah. you know, which of course I've touched on in in my story. But I think yeah. that speaks rest to the, the importance of maybe writing in a bubble, but like what you're doing, yeah. edit with feedback. So getting, you know, yeah. females to, to, to beta read and give you feedback, I think is just such a smart idea, you know, yeah. and your characters will be better for it. That's a great, great advice from her. Yeah. I, well, yeah. And I think I've learned quite a bit from kind of vetting female characters and, and, you know, from my beta group, any, any female readers, I've just been like, Hey, can you pay attention to this character? Does this seem too much? And you know, one reader was like, she seems a bit of like a Mary Sue, like she's kind of too powerful. And I was like, that's a good point. You know, maybe there's mm-hmm. something I can do here to like, she has to lose somewhere. She can't be the only one kind of like winning the day. Like she also has to have the same fault pitfalls as like all the other characters, right? She can't just come in and be like, I can do it all type of thing. But the, the dead mom is like kind of like a new, I guess, trope coming around. Uh, that's interesting. That kind of floats around, which I, I haven't, I haven't noticed, but now I'm going to start kind of paying attention to it. Yeah. I will say that my main character, her motivation is not a dead mom. I don't know how long her mom survives, but that's a, you know, no spoilers, no spoilers, no spoilers. There, yeah. <laughs> no spoilers. So Russ, do you have any like tips or advice, you know, that you found helpful while writing your female characters? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm kind of still a, a very new author here, writer. So, but I, things I've kind of gleaned from just paying attention to other books I've read and media and, and movies and just kind of watching analysis videos, which I watched a great one the other day about the, the born yesterday female character, which I thought was kind of interesting. I was drowned in movies since like the fifties and sixties. And I was like, oh, this is terrible <laughs> character trope. But I think, you know, some things like that I've just trying to, that I think are important that I think are, are Again, what, um, my opinion, but it's fifth elements, an example of that, right? Oh yeah. Fifth elements, a big one. Yeah. The born yeah. yesterday, the Tron legacy. That's another one. Oh, re- oh yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Splash. If you want to go back, splash. Encino man, if we're being equitable. Yeah, if we're being equitable, Encino man. <laughs> <laughs> Blast from the past. If you want to flip it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of, I mean, if you go further back to like time machine and like from like 19, what are that? 60s, 50s, 50s or something. And then uh, forbidden planet. It's just like, oh my God. And Star Trek. 
classic Star Trek. James T. Kirk had to kiss every female alien he saved. <laughs> so kind of kind of interesting. And I think just paying attention to those those tropes that are floating around you're just kind of like this isn't it's not they're not on the same page. But um, I think one paying attention to that stuff, you know, obviously having female characters have ex- have experience, like have have them have experiences in the world. You know, don't make them this innocent character. Mm-hmm. Agency was kind of like the number one thing for me was just making sure that like you know the idea that the power people have to think for themselves and like act in ways that you know shape their experience and life trajectories and like making sure like my character that every character should have that you know and don't just skip on that just because it's a secondary character or you know tertiary character they just may have a smaller part but they should have their own ability to 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 think and do the things in this world right and then the key thing for me was also making sure she has her own interaction with the plot like she's got her own storyline she's got her own shit to deal with mm-hmm. and it just so happens that hers interacts with you know this other storyline with with my main lead there everyone should be interacting with the plot in their own way to kind of move the story forward for me those things kind of keeping those in mind have kind of somewhat helped but still run into the, the trap of like maybe i'm trying to make her i'm trying to overcompensate by making her too strong too powerful of a character that she can do anything where i should still give her the same downfalls as like my male characters and whatnot but those are the kind of the things i've been yeah i mean generally keeping i'm familiar mind. with that character and i think that's okay i mean she has like a really unique skill set yeah. from your other characters so i don't think she comes across as a as a mary sue but it's a yeah. it's a good question something maybe in the editing process i'll i'll you know talk to someone who doesn't know me and maybe has what about this. other secondary characters because right now as i'm thinking you know i have three three other female characters that don't quite get the spotlight um yeah. as much mm-hmm. and um i'm trying to think you know obviously they don't get as much description and mm-hmm. the readers and spend as much time with them yeah. But I guess it's still, it would still be very important to make sure they have their own complete arcs, that they're not just there to prop up, you know, their male counterparts or something. Yeah. And even, I think even if it's not something that's written in the, in the world, but it's there, you know, and you can allude to it here and there. I mean, everyone should have their own, every character should have their own arc, you know, even if it's something small versus Yeah, maybe to right? a fault. I think all of my female characters are significantly stronger than the men they're with or around. Yeah. That's probably something I have to take a look at. But I really want to critique men. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I that's. Can. I think that's. I think that's uh, completely fine. Yeah. You know, I've got a secondary female character, and she's got her own backstory. She's got her own kind of existence in the world and her own, uh, you know, kind of arc in a way. But her biggest thing is I gave her like she she's kind of like a, a great setup payoff for later, where she provides something for everyone else to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it kind of gives her you know this smaller thread of a plot line, but. It's there, you know, even even though she's a secondary character, she's very important to kind of the overall plot and figuring out what the hell's going on. I have my secondary so. characters often dealing with men who are like to have this like testosterone induced need to lead in this like pseudo apocalyptic scenario, which is yeah. completely the wrong decision at the time, you know, yeah. and there's like I have a conflict there, right, where like the guys are trudging forward because this is all of a sudden football or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and um, the female characters who are seeing things a little, a little clearer, or, or at least aren't being so, um, I don't know, naively driven towards a goal. Yeah, not so single focus, kind of single vision. Yeah, kind of the, the things I've been just thinking about as I, as I write every character, and you know, I think obviously it plays plays a part for a female character as well. Have you? Is there anything you know on your side other than just don't be an asshole? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess that's the simplest advice that I keep coming back to. Right, I guess. I mean, it I don't have everything. tips. It's just don't be a jerk yeah. and 
be equitable in your descriptions and make sure you get feedback from, from your friends and from, from women who are, you know, honest about yeah. your feedback. One bit of advice, and this is something I need to personally take because yeah. it's a huge blind spot. I've told you before, right? I've read a lot of comps, mm-hmm. a lot of the comps um, that deal in genre, you know, very similar types of scenarios. They're written by men. You yeah. know, even if they're men writing women, they're still men. And yeah. I have not read enough female authors. Um, so what I need to do is I think I need to break out of maybe not genre, but at least scenario. Yeah. And I, I need to read more uh, yep. female authors because I, I think it will become, I think my inadequacies will become clearer um, when I see how those characters are treated. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, it's funny because I was like looking through the, like the last few books I read probably last, you know, actually last three and I'm currently in the middle of one have been uh, by female authors. That's awesome. They're, and they're kind of, in- they're kind of interesting. Cause I mean, one, so uh, the fifth season, which I'm not, have you heard about that one? No, uh, I have Jemison. It's, it's really good. Uh, I have my own critiques about it, but it's overall, I really enjoyed it. And uh, it's kind of like, more like a fantasy one of Hugo awards. It's definitely worth, worth uh, putting on the list, especially from its narrative structure, I think is, is pretty great. And then there's like the, the two I'm reading or one I'm reading right now, I'm halfway through. It's like a FBI kind of procedural serial killer hunts where the main characters of, you know, female FBI agent by a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Isabella Maldonado. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's good. I am, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's interesting though from, and then the other book I had read was, uh, her name is night by Yasmin Ngo. I think, I think I said you pronounce her last name and that one I really enjoyed, but it was, that was, uh, violent. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was about an assassin. And I mean, she was, she was so badass. Um, but it's interesting between like the three of these and especially the, the last two. I mentioned it's interesting to see the, the their motivations are from like some really traumatic experience in their past like mm. some very Death very mother <laughs> no 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 <laughs> oh man no her name is night is it's it's brutal um and it's just like yeah there's some some very tragic thing that occurred in their life at, at its core it's like a revenge story mm-hmm. did you glean anything from how those female characters are being handled save for like the traumatic past like from scene to scene beat to beat any any tips you could glean the attention to detail and and the way the character feels in each moment i mean i, I think a lot of writers obviously capture that pretty well but i think there is a there's a handling of it and especially with these three authors especially with the fifth season and her name is night where it's kind of an important part where you you, you catch that sensitivity and that emotion side of it and that's what's kind of fueling some of the bit of the conflict within the scenes outside of what someone's actually done to someone which i I thought was kind of interesting what about the handling of male characters did you notice like did it stick out to you at all as a male character or just you know flew over flawlessly they they weren't like you know his butt looks so great and these (laughs) you know levi's jeans no, definitely none Shocking, of that. right? And yeah. Amazing how that... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say, if anything, like, um, I don't think it's a, t- a dig or anything like that, but I think it's, it's you know, some of the, the male characters were, I don't want to say one note, but they weren't as... I mean, if we're being honest, Russ, we're very one note. No, I mean, but as... we are. <laughs> so... <laughs> So <laughs> I don't think that's a critique. That's not, probably not wrong. a fair representation. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like, I'm like, I know. I mean, they, but they were. It, it's, it's. Um, it was interesting perspective, I guess. Um, yeah. but I honestly, I think all, all three of them are, are, are great reads. Uh, and I'm reading the, the last one, the cipher, mostly because it's like an FBI kind of crime procedural thing, which I'm kind of planning to do for, yeah, coming up. And I just wanted to see how it was character, but. The most interesting to me was just the the motivation and the the thing that kind of sets them and 
and defines them as characters is is kind of like these major events that obviously happen in their past which but that's that's for every character right like there's got to be something that some motivation or something that's happened to you so it's just coming back to the idea of like every character should have their own experience whether it's male or female if you're writing you know a female lead make sure they have something that's you know doesn't have to be dark but right everyone, everyone needs some motivation so so yeah i think that's that's our episode it was a good chat yeah that was um <laughs> I mean, I'm, if I'm being honest, uncomfortable, I guess, because yeah. I don't feel like I can speak about a woman's experience with any kind of authority, which is why I'm blessed to have female beta readers and yeah. would really love and need to read more um, female horror authors. Yeah. So if um, honestly, if anybody who's listening has any recommendations, uh, it doesn't need to be apocalyptic. It can be anything. Um, just at me. You can hit us on Twitter at uh, writer underscore syndrome. Uh, or you can go to our website, writersyndrome.com, where you can find each of our individual Twitter accounts if you want to follow us, at us, whatever. You can also, if you have a topic idea or if you want to just send us an email, you can do that way too, chat at writersyndrome.com. And if you're angry and frustrated about this episode, I apologize, you know? We did our best. Yeah, doing our best. We're trying to <laughs> we're trying to do better. That's that's all you can do is that's do better. That's probably the best damn thing we could say. Don't be an asshole and, and do better, right? Yeah, don't be an asshole. Do better. So read thanks. More. You're definitely read more. Uh, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. Uh, but you should join us next time where we're going to discuss pantsers versus planners. I know what side you fall on. Yep. We are on complete flip sides. So yeah, that'll be our topic for the next episode. So I'm starting to come around, but we can discuss it next week. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll convert you sooner or later with one of my spreadsheets. <laughs> so many fucking spreadsheets, dude. Spreadsheets that can rule the world. <laughs> Uh, so that'll be our topic for next episode. So if you join us uh, until then, keep writing.